Alexander Padgett, and you're listening to The Bankster Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to the fascinating and the ever more consequential world of central banking. Today's episode is part one of a new series that I expect to drop into the feed occasionally called Central Verse Q&A. I'll take questions from multiple spots on the complexity spectrum and answer them here on the podcast. For every question, I'll start by briefly sharing uh, any background information that might be required to understand the question, then I'll give a short answer, and then a longer answer. (laughs) I hope this will be a fun way to learn about some of the more nuanced roles and responsibilities of the Federal Reserve and other central banks the world over. Now on this first round, I'm going to answer two questions I've heard over the last few weeks, These were really fun to research because at least one of them, I actually didn't know the answer uh, when I was immediate when I was first asked. So it was fun to dive in and learn something along the way. There's still plenty for me to learn. So I want to share that with all of you. So on to the questions. Question number one. Does or could the Federal Reserve use fines they levy on banks to cover operating costs? Okay, background to this question. The Fed collects lots of money every year. Most of the money comes from interest that the Fed earns on the debt that they own. In this way, the Fed is kind of like a traditional bank. The debt that your bank owns may include your home mortgage or someone else's home mortgage. So you or your neighbor pay your bank every month. Similarly, the Fed owns lots of debt and therefore receives lots of payments every month. The two main categories of debt that they own are, number one, government debt. So it's Uncle Sam who's paying the Federal Reserve interest every month. And number two, mortgage-backed securities, which is basically just a, a giant bundle of hundreds of different mortgages. Now, another much smaller way in which the Fed collects money is through charging for services. Some of these services include processing checks and clearing uh, large dollar money transfers. The banks that use these services, well, they have to pay to use them. And every week, the Federal Reserve takes all of the money that they have collected, they subtract how much it costs to run the Fed, and then they give the rest to the U.S. Treasury. This transfer of money from the Fed to the U.S. Treasury is called a remittance. Last year, the Fed remitted $92 billion. Hard to fathom that amount of money. $92 billion. Now, there's one other way the Fed collects money that I didn't describe that was mentioned in the question. Fines. The Fed levies hundreds of millions of dollars of fines on banking institutions every year. Now, does that money go through the same process? Could it be argued that the Federal Reserve uses the money they collect on fines to cover their operating expenses? Well, here is the short answer to question number one. Uh, No, the money goes straight to the Treasury. Okay, the longer answer, the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond serves as the accounting agent of the U.S. Treasury which basically means that the checking account of the U.S. Treasury is on the Richmond Fed's accounting books. So the fine is issued by the Board of Governors, 
the bank pays the U.S. Treasury, which is deposited at the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond. The fines are listed on the books as other liabilities and not as remittances. So that means the fines are not and could not be used to cover operating expenses of running the Federal Reserve. Okay, on to question number two. What is the process for changing the chair of the Federal Reserve? Janet Yellen, the current chairwoman of the Federal Reserve, finishes her term this coming February. As is the case with all high-profile political appointments, the decision of whether President Trump will not renominate her or choose someone else has garnered a lot of public attention in the last few months. And the discussions and the rumors, well, they are only going to heat up as the end of the year approaches. So, the short answer? Every four years, the President of the United States nominates and then the Senate confirms one of the seven governors of the Federal Reserve to serve as chair. All right, now on to the long answer. The four-year term of the Federal Reserve chair is set on the even years when there is not a U.S. presidential election. So elections in 2016 means new term for the chair of the Federal Reserve in 2018. And then there's going to be a presidential election in 2020, and then a new term will begin for the Federal Reserve chair in 2022, and so on and so on and so on. The Federal Reserve system was designed this way so that a new president couldn't come in and immediately change the leader of the central bank. It's just one more example of the structural defenses that are built into the Fed to keep it independent from short-term political actions. Now, historically, the Fed chair has actually been reappointed by a new president, even when the president is of a different political party. Here are some examples. Uh, Ben Bernanke, who was the chair right before the current Janet Yellen, uh, he was appointed first by George W. Bush and then reappointed by Barack Obama. Alan Greenspan was appointed by Ronald Reagan, and then reappointed by both Bill Clinton and George W. Bush. Paul Volcker was appointed by Jimmy Carter and reappointed by Ronald Reagan. So, if President Trump does not reappoint Janet Yellen, it will be a first in a very long time. But, the story wouldn't be over even if President Trump decided to remove Janet Yellen as chair. See, the president only has the power to remove her from her position as chair. He cannot remove her completely from the board of governors. So even if she was removed, she could still stay on as a governor. Only one time has a Federal Reserve chair stayed on after being removed as chair, and that was Mariner Eccles back in the, 19, in the late 1940s. If you remember from episode 7 from the first season of the Bankster podcast, Eccles stayed on as a governor to ensure that the Federal Reserve completed its push for true independence from the executive branch of the federal government. Now, back to today's world, there are currently still two governor positions on the board of governors that sit vacant. So even if President Trump removed Janet Yellen and she decided to stay on as a governor, he could still appoint a new person of his choosing to one of the two vacant positions and then make that person the chair. This new person would only have to go through one appointment and nomination process, both the governor and chair positions at the same time. Now, it'll be really interesting to watch what happens with the chair positions over the next six months. But in summary, the president will nominate someone to be the chair, either Janet Yellen, one of the other current governors, or a new person. The Senate 
will then have to confirm that person, and then the new person will take up the position as chair of the Federal Reserve for the next four years. And that concludes the first round of Centralverse Q&A. If you have any questions you'd like to answer on the podcast, send them in. As always, I can be reached for comments, feedback, or questions on Twitter or via my website, www.thebanksterpodcast.com. Leave a rating and share the podcast with your coworkers and classmates. So thanks to all of you for listening. And I'll see you next time on The Bankster Podcast.